Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat is an independent podcast. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today. Luke sucks. I asked Luke to shave my pussy and he was like, oh, no, I don't want to. And I was like, I can't see what's happening. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat, the podcast that's all about the madness that is motherhood. And it is season three, baby. I'm your host, Kelly McCarran, and I'm thrilled to be in your ears. Yes, you bloody are. I'm your other slightly nicer host, Kelly. You've got to stop putting the stuff in the bloody script. <laughs> it's true. I'm Kiri Searles, and Kel and I really feel like we're getting into a good groove with yes, this podcast. Yes, that is very true. And in fact, Key was so desperate to get back into your ears for the first episode of 2024 that she's popped on over her and is risking getting a cold. I've risked my life. You have. For the, for the shitters. No, she did make a very good point. She was like, um, if I don't get it from you, I'll get something from Rue. So Yeah, and look, Rue had the shits her- this morning. Oh, so no, not good. If you give me the shits on top of a cold, I'll be cross. Sorry about that. We do have Dettol here though. But fuck yeah, season two smashed our expectations and we've got a glorious season three planned. We do indeed. Actually, we've already sort of been like, oh, maybe we'll just do this one instead because we keep getting exciting stuff happen. So. I know. And I think like what was really kind of great was that when we put the questions out to you shitters, the suggestions you had were things that we had already planned to do. So I, I feel like it's good just to, yeah, it's good to know that we're all on the same wavelength. Exactly. So we're going to be covering some heavy topics and some hopefully really helpful conversations in this upcoming season. And we've also got some really great guests, which is fun and exciting. Kelly has been working her tush off and secured some goodies. Some goodies. Some Try real goodies. But we thought that we'd kick off season three with something nice and light just to ease everyone in. You know, it is still January. Yeah. We need to be need to be kind. We're still a little bit silly. <laughs> yeah. So here we are, strap in for a good old-fashioned Q&A. And thanks to everyone who submitted their questions last week. We, we just love a pervy question, so never feel shy. All right. So it's quite funny the way this is worded. Also, I don't know why... But can you see what it automatically, the Anon question box wrote? Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. So the the preloaded question is, if you could change anything about me, what would it be? I'm like, what? I don't know why that happened. I would say your ability to do an anonymous anonymous poll. (laughs) But I love that absolutely no one responded to that. Yeah, and yeah. they just asked. Well, us someone was like, is this the anon thing? Or that's what this one says. So it says, is this where we post our anon questions? Oh, that's what's awesome. Or is this really asking for suggestions on what you can <laughs> We're really trying to improve you guys. Oh, you know? Yeah. Uh really hope this is anon because it feels pervy in the worst way, but I am curious about Key's experience slash feelings about interracial parenting. Do you hope slash anticipate Rue will identify as a person of colour? Oh, I love that I was like, um, this episode's really nice and light and then straight away we're like let's talk about interracial parenting. let's talk about race <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about something real light and that's race <laughs> um great question great question and i think always with, ask the question you always ask the question and you did it in such a respectful way that i really appreciated that so it felt really like a safe question for me to answer Yes, I would like Rue to feel that she can identify as a person of colour because that is her heritage. Um, I also think that because I grew up on my 
mum's side of the family, who are my white side of the family, I didn't really start to embrace my culture until I moved to New York, where there were lots of other black, beautiful women who I just kind of was like, oh my God, I just really embraced where I was from. Like my hair. seen a little bit more. Totally. And I didn't stick out like a sore thumb. Mm. I wasn't like special or exotic. Yes. You know? (laughs) The whitest place on earth. (laughs) Literally. Anyway, so... And I also think because my birth mum and dad had a really messy breakup, I also do think my mum had a bit of a hand in kind of like making me almost like, yeah, just not like feeding into that side. Like she didn't raise me up and like she didn't take it upon herself. Yeah, she didn't be like, for me, it's so front of mind with everything that I Mm. do with Rue. It's like, I want to make sure that the things I'm buying her reflect. Please tell the story about the books because this cracked me up laughing. Oh, about them but all. Then no white people in the books. <laughs> yeah. No, so I'm when I'm buying books, <laughs> this sounds so fucked up. <laughs> As you said, though, it's important because it's like even in 2024, so much of what Rue will be exposed to in pop culture and just her day to day life is it's very white centric. And as you exactly. said, her daycare, the area that you live in, is very white. It is. I like look, there is a little bit of diversity there, but But it's yeah. not like Len. But it's not Len, like who's Len. Like one of the only white kids who'll yeah, probably exactly. be like, Why am I what's different about yeah. me? But yeah, I do try to when I'm like buying different books or toys or like Rue has two dolls and they're both like a deep, beautiful black doll with like one of them has really gorgeous curly hair. So for me, it's important just to like always be reinforcing like black is beautiful. We are black. You are black. But it is difficult, you know, because I think that like growing up, my issue was that like I wasn't black enough to be black, but I was not white enough to be white. So there was a bit of an identity thing there, Mm. right? So for Rue, her experience is going to be very different you know I think she's going to be really on one end which is like you're too white to be black period because she is fair-skinned blue-eyed bone straight hair well she got a little bit of a curl but nowhere near as like the kind of texture of my hair and it is a little bit heartbreaking because I think that like the other hand of that is is like she does look like her dad on face value but also, like, if you take away, like, her features, she actually has all of my features. She's just, like, fair. Mm. So, you know, I do get upset some of the time when people are like, oh, my God, she's got absolutely none of you in her, does she? And I'm well, like – talk about how that's, like, an additional sting for you that people probably don't even think about. Well, yeah, because, you know, I've wanted so long to have a family and I had imagined my child would look – would be a little mini me but, like, mixed. But it turns out – the black gene just isn't as strong as the white gene. As that Searle's gene. As that Searle's gene. And it just stings a little bit because I know there are going to be instances where someone's going to question, like, are you her mom? Oh, my God. So that's why it's really important for me to change my name. Yeah. Right? It makes it's, so much sense. Yeah, because if we're traveling, I don't want anyone to ever question the fact that, you know, I'm her parent. These are, like, considerations that I have to have, you know? So there are a Which l- sucks. It's just hard because if you looked nothing like her but were white, would you have a different experience? Completely different experience. There's no question because a lot of my friends don't look like their mothers, mm. you know? But in the way of kind of co-parenting in a biracial relationship, I think I got really lucky with Charlie. Like, I mean, he is 
such a fan of the culture, of black culture. So there's just things like we've spoken about, you know, like celebrating different things and explaining history and just really making sure that she knows where she comes from and that she's proud. People are going to say what they're going to say to her. But for me, it's just making sure that she is proud in herself to be like, no, you know, I am like, yeah, I'm very fair skinned, but my mum is black and I am black too. Mm. So... I mean, it, there's going to be ups and downs in that process, but hopefully that answered your question. If it didn't hit me up in my DMs, we can get into it a little bit Because it more. could also potentially be an entire podcast topic about Yeah. I'd love to talk to and... another guest who's kind of been through it. That'd yeah. be lovely. All right. Next question. We're changing it up a little bit. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit lighter for a while. Well, kind of. Biggest regret. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> listen I've got many I think it's I could write a book yeah I could actually write a book about decisions unfortunate (sighs) events I'm thinking of a few (laughs) yeah yeah I would say the first thing that comes to mind is that I wish that I had been encouraged to travel more when I was really young yeah I will always and I think it's just it's a sort of regret that I'm kind of like whatever it is what it is which I do think that you do need to look back on your regrets as that because you can't actually change them. Yeah. However, when Lenny is a grown-up, so what I do at the moment, I feel really very guilty about when I do get him involved with SponCon, but the way that I've sort of rationalised it in my brain is that I put money from that yeah. deal aside for him. Yeah. And when he's 18, 19, I'm going to give it to him. Love and that. in my mind, he is going to spend that on traveling for a year. Yeah. Which, of course, is the biggest, like how lucky and privileged is that? Oh, totally. But he will have hopefully make up for the trauma if he's like, I can't believe you put me on your Instagram saying <laughs> bloody nappies when I was a little baby, mum. But I, that is just, I, oh, when you're young and you've got no responsibilities, travel yeah meet people great get stories get out of your bubble yes I think it's like the biggest thing it makes you grow up and it makes you a more interesting person and it gives you so much life experience that a job or a uni degree is not going to give you at 18, 19, yeah. I, I think. And it also depends on your personality type. Like I was always – another caveat is that is that I was too young. I was such a young, naive 18-year-old. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness, I was not ready to move out of home. Like even that was – I didn't move to Brisbane even though I got a scholarship because Sydney was closer. Wow. Yeah, be, like that's my level of – I was so young. Yeah. I was not a grown-up 18-year-old. So, and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed. The first night that I was, went out on campus and sort of was trying to make friends and these girls were talking about these guys that they'd had sex with and the drugs that they'd done Whoa. and they were both smoking and I was like the most innocent little virgin just like <laughs> standing there with my mouth open, like putting up my posters on the wall, like what? <laughs> what is this place? I just was so, like, so I was too young but – 
I, yeah, I just, that's something I really wish that I had done and been, had the opportunity to do, which of course I can make up for it now that I'm older, but I will so encourage it from Lynn. Yeah. It's so important. I did a lot of travel. Mm, Yeah. You've done so much. But not, I always feel like I haven't done enough, but when I think about it, I have done a lot. you lived overseas for ages. Yeah. Like my stint lasted like eight months and then I came home with my tail between my legs. Yeah. But eight (laughs) months is still considerable. Like I think that any time that you go and experience. Out of your comfort zone. Completely. You know, I think it's it's a good thing. Next question is, what podcast did you listen to while you're pregnant? I assume that this means like pregnancy or mum related content, yeah, surely. Yeah. Not just in general. Yeah. The reason I'm laughing is because, well, I'm pretty sure your answer is the same, none. Which is why we wanted to start this. Because everything I started, I was yeah. like, boring, can't relate, don't care. Yeah, I did listen to a little bit of like Australian birth stories. Oh, yeah. And then after the fact, after the you get through the birth, which is like, what, one or two days and the mm. whole process, then it was like, yeah, absolutely nothing. Like I wanted something that was about the fourth trimester. I wanted something about like what was going to happen, real conversations. Real that conversations is, about parenting and motherhood. Because, yeah. And just life in general because – the birth as well, that's just – I agree. I listen to some episodes if I know the person. Yeah. But I'm not really interested. I am if I'm sitting down and chatting with someone, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, but it's more as a whole – I'm also interested in so many other points because it is just one or two days. Yeah, completely. In someone's life. Like it's not the be-all or end-all. No, no. However, that that podcast is obviously amazing. Oh, and it charts every week. So it, mm. it is a great podcast, I think, if you're expecting. And it just – if you enjoy hearing birth stories, Birth stories, yeah. Next question. All right. Oh, je sais. Okay, so help. What am I supposed to do with my pubic hair for birth? I'm 32 weeks now and things have gotten pretty wild down there. Wild. Wild. <laughs> wild pubes. <laughs> 70s bush <laughs> gotta love the bush are you lasered uh i'm half lasered if that makes sense i never finished my laser scrappy. you're yeah. scrappy down there yeah i'm a little bit so what did you do then you go first i think i just trimmed like i just trimmed all well i think maybe charlie may have trimmed for me okay he's such a good husband luke sucks i asked luke to shave my pussy <laughs> And he was like, oh, no, I don't want to. And I was like, I can't see what's happening. Yeah, you can't see what's happening. I don't know if I'd trust him to shave for me, but trim. Trim, sorry. Trim. My obstetrician was like, if we end up doing a cesarean, we'll shave you. So I just didn't really care. I also didn't care, but I agree. I know what Anon is asking because you also don't want to go in with a full 70s bush because (gasps) then things like – Blood and gunk gets caught in it through the birth period, and you just you don't you want You're things not, to be the vibe, yeah. As less, um, like you, afterwards, you want to be things to be as low maintenance as possible. Totally. Would the funny thing was one of the midwives, the midwife, when I was going to my obstetrician appointments, when we were talking about oh they'll just shave you, but she goes, oh, but your generation, there's never really anything down there, and I was like, fuck. Oh my gosh, she's going to get a she's rude gonna, shock she's when she's going to realize. Well, I've never had one thing of laser. So I go and I, you know how hairy I am. Oh, because it's too fair. So you can't get laser. It, well, this was back in the day. Like I probably could now because lasers come so yeah, far. Yeah, they have. But I'm kind of like, I'm just so lazy. I can't be bothered. To be honest, when you told me that you 
you only shave. That kind of gave me a little bit of permission to be like, you know what? Oh, I don't care. I just want to only shave. Like I'm so tired of like the anticipation of going into a wax. I'm so tense. When I'm in there, I cramp because I'm tensing so much. Because it hurts. Because it hurts. I'm worried about my... I would rather a contraction. I'm worried about... Like, I just... Sweaty puss, sweaty butt. But then I'm also worried about... I have these... I don't know if this is a weird thought, but I'm like, what if like a little bit of discharge just pops out while I'm in there? I don't think they'd care. They wouldn't care, but like I care. And the whole process is just stressful. Stressful. So I am going to finish my laser, but you can't do laser when you're pregnant. So I would just say... Go get a wax. You can still go get no, a wax, don't right? don't do that to her. Why? Leave her alone. Tell her. And no, she no, wants I'm something. so sorry. Oh. Do not listen to Key Reese. Do not get a wax when you're pregnant and already so oh. uncomfortable. Okay. All right. You it was also just can't, a suggestion. You also can't lie on your back. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you probably could. you do a little clam? Minutes. Like yeah. a little. I would just say if your husband, partner, will help you. That is fantastic. What about a friend? Or a friend. I totally do my friend's bush. Get out. Don't worry about shaving though. Get clippers. So if there's a beard trimmer around the house, that's what I use. I never shave. When I say shave, sorry, I mean like, I mean, I shave my sideburns so that there's no prickles. Yeah, yeah. But the actual mound on the vulva, that is just like a number one. But it's kind of, it's always soft though because it's not shaved and then grows back. So it's like a little pet. That I can pat. Yeah, so I reckon get a beard trimmer. That's you can do idea. it if you get into strange positions. The gooch is quite hard. Yeah. Um, which is where you could use a partner. Or I reckon a friend or a sibling. A sister, I think a friend, say. like, I'm probably not there to let one of my friends get that close to oh, my vagine. Yeah. You I, wouldn't care. Um, but yeah. You, you need we were help. in COVID, so I didn't actually have that option. Yeah, exactly. Of getting a friend to yeah. do my bushy. Bush. But I think just do what works. And I, also I remember, think, I, think, I love the idea of a beard, beard trimmer. trimmer. And also remember, it's just hair. They've seen it a million times before. Yeah. Worst case scenario, they don't care. They don't care. That is going to be the least of your worries on Hair's the day. Hair's back. Oi, some people <laughs> are rocking that full bush. I don't they like are. a full bush because it just. It's too well, much. Well, I see a lot of the youngins and they're on the beach. Yeah. Hairy pits, but also hairy sides. Oh. And they just are like, I've got hair there. The hair is there. Oh, listen, if it's if it grows, it I'm grows. not there it's- yet. I've still got, a, you know, decades of bad magazines telling me that hair is terrible to work through. But I think that our relationship with hair is evolving and so it isn't, especially when you're about to give birth, you don't need to be worrying about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But if you do, beard trimmer. Kelly McCarran, big, huge recommendation there. All right, next up, do you think having a baby strengthened or strained your relationship? Any tips to thrive? Mine is on the edge, housemate vibes. But I feel sick at the thought of breaking up our family. This one has broken my heart and I feel like it's going to be really hard to answer this in a short period of time, but we're going to try. I think when Onon said housemate vibes, I can totally understand that feeling because you're not feeling sexual, um, you're not even really being wanting to be touched, the passion is not there and I think that kind of underlines a romantic relationship, right? So if you're not having those things, of course you're going to feel like a housemate. I think – And it's so normal. And I it's want so her to normal. know that, that oh my God, if it's people so around you aren't talking about that – then they're not being honest totally. or they're weird unicorns because for every single couple, 
after the birth of a child or just in general through their relationship. You go through pits where you are more like housemates. Yeah. But often it is just a stage. Totally. I've There's one like famous Hollywood couple. I think, don't quote me on this, but maybe like Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell or someone like that. And they're like, what's the secret to a long marriage? And I think the Kurt said, we never wanted to get divorced at the same time. You know what I mean? Oh, so, which I think is that is so such such good. Well, no, it's not even advice. It's such an accurate way to look at a yeah. relationship. It's like there are times when you're going to be more in love with each other and less in love with each other. And I think and one or the both at the different times. Exactly. And, and I think having a baby, yeah. I mean, when you say, did it strain or strengthen your relationship? Both. Oh, I'd say for me, just strained. <laughs> But it, you know, to at least point, I've got awareness about it. Yeah, though. but I think I think in different ways, like you become a team in a different way. Yeah, right. And you look at that person through a new light. Like even though I look at him as a husband, and I'm like, oh, I look at him as a father, and I'm like, you are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I would say things that when I'm kind of like, oh, we're a bit housematey at the moment, it's like making time just to go out and connect with each other. How though? It doesn't need to be any kind of like sexually physical thing, but going out for dinner, going out. With your child? No, without the baby. But who do you live with the kid with? Well, you're have to find someone. Yeah. So obviously we need to – if you don't live near family, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. But find a babysitter. If there's ever a good time or a good reason mm. to find a babysitter, it's to have a break and connect with your partner. Like it's so important because I think you, it's really easy to – especially as a woman, the, a lot of the responsibilities on you, especially if you're breastfeeding, especially if you're the one that has the parental leave. Like you – resent your partner I don't care how hands-on they are you resent them because their life doesn't really change that much the way that yours does the way Mm. that yours does as the mum and the primary carer so I think that going out and just having time with each other it doesn't even have to be it could just be a walk Mm. going getting a coffee sitting down in the sun like having a big chat watching a show together watching a show sometimes Luke and I don't even watch tv together Sitting on the lounge together with your foot touching or yeah. something small like that. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. That's really nice. When we actually agree on what to watch. Marriage counselling is also worth looking into and there are subsidised services. It's just that there's Such a bit a of a longer tip. wait time. Yeah. Um. Don't wait till it gets to the point where you are ready just to leave. That's yeah. the thing. That's what they say about counselling. You need to put in the work just like with any sort of relationship yeah and I also would say you don't want to break up your family it depends how unhappy you are it doesn't mm-hmm. actually sound like you're that unhappy it's just that you are feeling housemaidy vibes at the moment yeah which is so normal yeah I don't think we I think there's like a stigma attached to the feeling of feeling like you're a bit too comfortable in a yeah, relationship. People think that relationships should be like the movie still in. it's like no 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 relationship is like that No. That's not real life. And especially after doing something as life-changing as having a baby. Like, Mm. give yourself and your partner some grace. Like, this is not going to be like this for forever. Yeah. You know, like. It's a period (laughs) in time. It is. And it's going to change. And, like, as soon as parenting starts to get a little bit easier, you find your feet a little bit more, that then transfers, I think, to your partnership. But also, like, 
have you had a conversation with your partner about like what you need and how you are feeling unhappy at the moment exactly and asking them what do you need like coming both to the table and having that conversation like unfortunately like being in a relationship is now not just like easy breezy like you have to have really tough relationships and do lots of resets Mm. as well and when it comes to the parenting styles and kind of the share of the load so I think the marriage counseling thing is such a good idea if you are close and also just like talking to other people like your friends I know like you don't it's hard to admit that you're in a rough spot with your relationship because but you're good like people that love you and that are around you I'm not going to judge you. No. They're going to support you and help you and give you good advice a lot of the time. And I guarantee they'll be like, oh, yeah, we you went know, through, we the, went same through the same thing. Mm. We did this and don't worry, it gets better. But I think often opening up that conversation to friends and if you're in a mother's group, your mother's group friends or whatever, you'll actually realize that it's really normal and that will bring a lot of comfort to you as mm. well. Yeah. And lastly, but if you are desperately unhappy and it's impacting you, and this has been going on for a long time. It also depends on how young your child is. Yeah. I do think like it's not worth staying in a relationship where you're desperately unhappy for the sake of the family because that's not going to be a happy family mm-hmm. for your child to grow up in. And you do still need to put yourself first because no one totally. else is going to. And like a little separation. It doesn't have to be as big as like a mm. separation separation, but maybe you go and stay with family or a friend for a couple of weeks yeah just to kind of get a clear head away from the heaviness of being in a home when things aren't as cheery as they as you'd like them to be Mm. whenever I do that like I'll go up to my parents house with Lenny Mm. just you know go up there for a couple of days I do come back though and I'm like dear lord yeah that man does so much yeah (laughs) I really require him to be around I wouldn't be able to function sometimes it's just yeah having that that space and time away to really like remember because you can get into like such this bogged down well also just like this loathing you know like the resentment a lot of the time when you reach your point of when you're like it can be for such a like they took a breath and you're like ah so noisy and it's like all of the stuff culminates but you need to like be able to step back and just reset a little bit and like Mm. People are annoying. People are so annoying. And when you don't have those outlets like going to work or, you know, more just getting away from friends. Yeah. yeah, like having to be there because you've got the kid to look after. There's not a lot of time to miss them. Mm, true, true. Okay. Hope that helped a little bit. Hopefully. Oh, okay. This one's a good one. Is it worth accepting a spot in a daycare that isn't top of your list and starting them earlier than planned so you have a spot or... Or to wait for the dream daycare? You answer this one. I don't have any response because I would just be like, oh, I don't know. But you went through this. Yeah, look, I think take the spot. Kids mm. are resilient. They also, apparently it's so hard to get your kids into daycare. So if you've got a spot, grab it. Yeah, grab it. You don't want to be like waiting. Also, you just don't know when that dream daycare is going to open up. Like it took also, me. You might love the daycare. And you might end up loving it. I think that a lot of the time we're looking for the perfect scenario and we forget that like why we actually need daycare Mm. we need someone to care for our child so that we can get back to work or whatever so I think prioritize getting a spot as long as you're comfortable Mm. with and the spot that's come available and you can always change them I've changed Rue twice oh yeah I forget that you've changed twice so I changed when we were going back to work because 
additional days didn't open up at that daycare. I only had one day. Then I went to my next one. We were there for a year. And then this year we've started off at a new daycare. And, with outdoor area. And literally on the all of the days I picked her up, they have been outside every single time. On the first day, I walked past her because I didn't think they'd be outside. Went to her classroom. It was empty. The teacher was like, you can take her back. And I was like, but where are they? And she's like, they're outside playing. Duh. As it, oh. You know? So, look, and, like, do I feel bad that we've moved her twice? No, they're so adaptable. Like, it's just a joy to get to the point where you really love a place. So, And mm. that might happen on your first or second go. I would say that I enjoyed all of the experiences, but ultimately I wanted a better experience in the yeah. end. So definitely take the spot. You need to take the spot. Okay. Do you actually enjoy playing with your babies? I have a 15-month-old and find it so boring and tedious at times, constantly having to entertain him. Kelly. I do enjoy playing. I'm a bit – I know most people hate playing. So just so you know, you're not abnormal for getting bored and annoyed yeah. with it or just finding it tedious. I'm a kid though. I've My sense of humour and my personality, I love to play. So – if I've got the energy, I will play and I play hard <laughs> and I really get into it. At 15 months though? Oh, like, yeah, for pretty much I since he was born. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But I also get sick of it quite quickly. Like if he's, you know, we've been doing the same thing. I'm like, no, I do not want to do row, row again. I do not want to. But I think 15 months is quite hard because they're not really playing independently yet. No. Like, Rue's only just started playing independently, really, and mm. she's 20 months. Len's been pretty good with playing independently for a while, but he needs me still there. Yeah. But I can, like, potter around the house or do something on my phone or yeah. whatever. However, then there's the other thing of, like, not wanting to be on your phone in front of them for too long, like, too often. That, for me, has just gone out the window. Oh, well. Like, like I'm trying, but then I'm just yeah. like – fuck it they're gonna grow up on a device anyway I think finding things that you enjoy as well like I like to read books because I like to do the performance side of things and do you know what when Len was 15 months we probably did more activities Mm -hmm. so we could get out and about in the house rather than just sitting at home playing all day like I would always have something planned yeah we're the same we're very activities based I think just because we kind of live in a like villagey beach side lifestyle. We also live in small places as well. I reckon so if you you've got a house, out. it's easier to be like, oh, we can do this and then we can set up this. But yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, I can't be bothered because everything needs to be packed back down because it's such a small space. I think start looking at things like, I know you've probably already done this, but like Play-Doh colouring in, like setting up those types of stations. and Colouring just- in at 15 months? Well, yeah. Was Rue colouring in? Well, not between the lines, but she, like, I would just get butcher's paper oh, yeah, and she could just do They're that. They're much better at sitting down and doing things. Lenny would just <laughs> throw pencils at 15 minutes. Even now he'll do it for one second, then he's like, next. I think just having, like, set activities, and they can be the same thing, mm. but just mixing up on different days, like, that's what I find. And lots of play dates if you have people around. Yeah. And if Share you don't, the load. look into local things like baby sensory classes, um, The library has free the stuff, library, time. Yeah. There's things. so many things that cost under 20 bucks as well. I would say, like, I do enjoy playing with Rue, but also I remember a time where it was really boring. But I think not at 15 months. I think I found it really boring when they, like, didn't do much and give much back. But, yeah, but then they sleep so much. They do sleep so much. <laughs> but 
in this 15-month mark, a lot starts to happen and I think it does get a bit more enjoyable. But have you like, go to the playground. Playgrounds are so good. They tire them out. You don't really have to do much. 15 months, though, they might not be walking yet. Yeah, that's true. 15 months is hard. It depend. Well, it depends if they're walking or not. That's what really mm. – Even though if they've just started walking, they're probably not ready for a playground. The swing, though – the swing's good. a good one. Or have Let's you got a Google walker? It. Have you got a walker? Because that oh, walkers are great. Walkers are great. Like I love them. A little foam, like a little foam ball pit's pretty fun. You can just get yep. cheapies from Kmart, and then you just they eat. They're really easy to pack away. Yeah, water play is really good for them. Play ball is apparently good. I'm also thinking. Yeah, no, it does say coloring. Like they're not doing a great job, and you kind of have to hold their hand almost to do it, but. Even just things like Play-Doh. Like Play-Doh is so Play-Doh fun. Play-Doh is really fun. They're not like making stuff, but they hold it in their hands. Painting is such a good one. I I do stuff that I really enjoy doing as well. Like, yeah, I love painting and Play-Doh. The arts and crafts is so much fun. Like she'll yes. just get up and walk around and I'm fucking, you you're know. like, oh, And then they come over and you're like, no, don't ruin my drawing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staying in the lines. You suck. But bubbles, like bubbles, you can bubbles, do bubbles yeah. forever. Get one of those electric bubble machines, you just put it on, they just run or crawl around in the bubbles. Mm. Miss Rachel. Miss Rachel. Educational, yet. Yeah. Play school, I love. Oh, I haven't tried that yet. Wiggles, we're finally getting into the wiggles. I love it. Wiggles is great. The Ready, songs are good. steady, wiggle. They're all just like so energetic. You can do a dance. Yeah. But look. Not playing is not everyone's thing, so it's fine if you don't love it. Like that's the point. I think don't feel guilty because no. I honestly probably could count on one hand the amount of friends that I have that actually are like I love playing. Yeah, don't put the pressure on yourself. You know, like you're not a child, yeah. so fair enough that you don't want to play. But just just try lots of things. Some things will stick. Find what you enjoy, and if you know if you can't do anything and you just get outside. Even just pushing them around in the pram is, is good for them. Walks. They can look at stuff. Mm. Point things out. I used to go for walks every day. All right. Next question is, what is your biggest fear? But we're going to keep it light and talk about like top level things. So okay. not the obvious things that we don't ever want to talk about or think about. So for me, mine is blood tests. <laughs> I hate, blood tests. hate, hate, hate blood tests. Any needle in a vein, they collapse. I generally have to go into an actual hospital so they can use an ultrasound machine. I hate the thought of it. I know that they don't hurt and I hate it when people are like, oh, they don't even hurt. It does hurt a little bit, by the way. It does. It's not that. It is the thought that I can feel it and I'm focusing on it sliding into my skin, sliding into my vein, often hunting around past those capillaries, past disgusting. Also spiders. I really hate spiders. Like with a passion. If it has hair, fuck off. If there was, I would burn this garage down if there was a hairy spider in here. Yeah, there's like a little leaf. It's a leaf, but because my eyesight's so bad, I keep thinking oh. it's like a baby huntsman. <laughs> no. On the floor in here. And it's one not. Of my it's, a baby. it's a leaf. Keeps them as pets. Like she will not kill huntsmen. She calls them Fluffy, the last one that was in her place. Yuck. And she was like, oh, Fluffy's just up on the wall. No. Fluffy, I'm a vegetarian. Fluffy can get fucked. <laughs> 
She sounds like Charlie. I get so – it's the one thing that we regularly argue about. I'll be like, there's a cockroach. Like, I fucking hate cockroaches. Kill but it. living in Sydney, there's cockroaches everywhere. everywhere. And they've got the flying ones, so it's just like a whole nother Yuck. level. And Charlie, like, always catches things with his bare hands because he thinks even he's Even cockroaches. Yeah, even cockroaches. will pick them up by their long antennas. Yuck! But, like, he never wants to kill them. And I'm like, babe, love you, but you're not that quick. And also, is he so worried when he steps on an ant? He probably would. Uh, he's a freak. He's he, a like, freak. avoids the ant nest. He had every pet as a kid growing up. You know, Yuck. like, he's a real ant. So was his mum. Like, when, when we were at Bangalore at Christmas, um, we were walking to the car and this baby bird had fallen out of its nest. And his mum had, like, gastro. And she was, like, in a separate room quarantining. And we were like, hey, Deb, we found this bird. Like, what do we do? And she, and she was like, just put it on this pillow here next to me. It'll be fine. So then we've got this photo of Deb laying there, like, on her deathbed. And this little, like... <laughs> Bird. And the bird's going, ah, 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 and Charlie's like, Mom, are you sure you want me to leave this here? And she's like, It's fine, darling. It'll settle down. Oh my God. Like, they are crazy I love that, animal though. lovers. And For then some... wires came and collected the bird and everything like that. But, like, that's how crazy I love people that because I'm huge into animals, but for some reason, not bugs. Yeah, I'm like, Not the bugs. I don't like cockroaches. But my thing is snakes. Oh, is that what you're most scared of? I'm so, so deathly petrified of snakes. Charlie's parents' place gets heaps of them. Yeah, they went into the roof. There were 18 snakes in the roof and no one told me. And then it gets let slip at Christmas and I'm like, what, what? Or they're like, yeah, we found a brown. Did they get rid of them? Yeah, they got rid of them. They had, there was a snake guy that came, right? To get the 18 snakes yeah, from the roof. The had you been in the house when there was 18 snakes? Yes. And- yes, Kelly. I had been in the house when because there Because when they're snakes. in the roof, that's when they sneak down things and come oh, inside. Don't, I don't need that. I don't need a visual in my nightmares, okay? But then the other thing is like they all talk about the snakes that they've seen on the property. No one tells me. And then they'll always let slip, oh, yeah, there's a brown snake here. It's fine. I feel like it's better or for you to have the information, snake. though. I agree. But then I'm like, guys, can we do something about the snakes? I know that we no, live in bushland. In, bush. <laughs> in the bush. Can we put up something? My mum yeah, is I'm just so as scared, scared as you. And when they moved onto that property, though, I was like, mum. And I, it was so funny because I said to her one day, we went for a walk and I was like, it's so strange that you guys have moved on to this property because aren't you afraid of snakes? This is a true story. I'm not making this up. Ask my mum. And she goes, oh, no, like I'm sure I won't see, like, you know, maybe at one point I will, but it's fine. I'm not joking. About 15 seconds later, I just went, <gasps> and there was a huge fat black snake right in oh, front of us. don't, don't. And, but it was so funny because we just turned around and we're like, ah, and we're racing back to the house, but we were actually both laughing at the same time as we're like <laughs> screaming while we're running back because we're like, what are the chances? Well, this is the other thing I think which heightens my fear is that I've actually never seen one. Ever, in, in the real wild. life. No, except at like a zoo. No, that doesn't count. So exactly. So, and I'm like, I'm going to see one and it's going to be fucked. You know, if I haven't seen one all this time, it's going to be one and it's probably going to bite me and I'm probably going to die. Well, you or be in a lot of pain. Yeah. I don't think people die from them that often these days unless you live in the middle of nowhere. Listen, it would be better if you just saw one so you could. But then what do I do? They like don't move and it's like I'm not going to stand still. No, you move. Run. No, but everyone like Charlie and his mom are like, no, darling, you don't move. You just stand there and I'll just slither past no. you. What if they don't? You run. Oh, don't. I want to change the subject. It's okay, well, let's not talk about. Down. Is there anything else though? Or just snakes? I just have a f- irrational fear that. People think I'm dumb. That's the other one. But 
you know, that's like, honestly, is it, someone's going to be like, you're really dumb. But you're not. And you know that you're not. I know, I know. But that is one that like, it's up there with snakes. Yeah, fair. You just need the confidence of a middle-aged white man like it's me. It's so annoying having these conversations with you because you're like, what, really? That's a thing that you like think you're dumb? Anyone th- someone thinks that they're dumb when they're not. Like Kelly would apply for a job and she could do 5% of the job. Oh, 100%. Like I think that I'm smarter than I am, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that great to be blissfully ignorant of, blissfully of your ignorant. abilities? 100%. <laughs> oh, okay. What's your favourite food? I'm starting to get hungry. Zucchini puffs with dill. At that Josh's Cafe so in Berrima. specific. I know. That's what I think about if I think about actual favourite food. Zucchini puffs <gasps> from Josh's Cafe in Berrima with paprika and Greek yogurt. Okay. If we're getting really specific, I would say the fish tacos at Mole, which is this amazing Mexican restaurant in New York. They had like a location in Soho and they had one in West Village. And I reckon I would just get them on like, um, what's their delivery called over there? I can't even remember what the delivery service is called, but I would get them all the time. It'd be like thirty dollars, and I was earning like thirty thousand dollars a year. But or you I'd just go loved there. Them that much. They just were oh, so good, so good. Yum. There's actually a place in America. I think it's saved into my in New York that I think top seamless. five meals. Seamless is the delivery oh. service. Sorry, top five meals. Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, that it would be in my top five meals. It's in NYC. Okay, what about just favorite? Like, if you had to pick a category. Or a normal meal that you can sort of... If I had to pick a category, it would probably be... Fish. Ew, no, I'm not choosing fish. Cheese. No, I'm choosing a cuisine. Okay. My top three is like Mexican, Vietnamese and Japanese. Ugh. I know. It's a bit of a... Like a bit of a theme. I think like... Fish. Well, no, we're not... I guess a little bit, but more so like fresh. Yes. Fresh like ingredients. I really froth. Froth on. Yeah, what's your top three oh, cuisines? I don't know. Probably like Mexican, definitely. So good. And then probably Italian, maybe. I don't know. Italian's good. It's just with an allergy. It's like oh, hard I can to get do good the penne pasta. And I'm like, can I just have a different, like, can I get a, like a rigatoni or can I get like a fucking spaghetti or something? You know me though. Like, I just don't care. It's annoying that you don't care. I do really love like Indian, like a delicious, a delicious curry. Indian curry. Yum. <gasps> Yum, yum, yum. So lollies. Good. I love lollies. Love lollies. I often just forget to eat though and then smash lollies when I feel dizzy because I can't be bothered making hey, food. how is the lolly tin looking? Has it been replenished since I've last been here? There's chocolates in there. Mm. Oh, but I've got fizzes in my bag. Oh, leftover from the movies the other yes. night. Yeah, nice, nice. Yes. Well, oh my God, what is your biggest insecurity? Keys is obviously that people think she's dumb. It is, yeah. I don't know. I think because I never like – this I actually did say this in a previous episode and yeah. then when we got to the edit I cut it because of how insecure I am about it. But like I think because no one ever really cared about my education when I was younger, not didn't care but like I wasn't forced to do homework. There wasn't any kind of like what are you going to do, you know, with your life kind of thing or like with your education. I never – and there was also a period of time where I like didn't go to school. I think it probably would have been for like three months and that was when we moved from New Zealand to – Australia and no one really knew what to do with me because my birth mum had was living in South America at the time with her boyfriend at the time and my grandparents retired so they'd moved to Australia and like there wasn't really a clear understanding of like what was happening they're like well you have to come with us because you know you should be with us there's no one else for you to be with here but then it was like 
is she going to come back? Is, is you know, your mother going to move here? Rah, rah, rah. And it's like, oh, or are you going to live in New Zealand? So it was like, no one like enrolled me in school. So there was just like a period of time where I didn't go to school. And I think it's always really stuck with me because I was always a little bit slower at stuff. And it's just always stuck with me. Like, and I don't know why, because when I look at everything that's happened to me, I've worked really hard mm. to get where I am. But I still, because I don't have you know, I didn't get amazing marks and I didn't, wasn't really that focused at school. I always kind of just feel like. Insecure a, about it. Yeah. It doesn't actually matter what your education level is in terms of formal schooling or um, how much homework you did. Like some of the smartest people in the world didn't even finish high school. I know. I think it's really lovely that we do live in a time now where mm. like the invention of the internet is like completely like revolutionized education, you know, and you know, if you don't do well at school, and you left school, you know, you ended up realizing that you are smart because you can, you learn visually off YouTube clips, you know, like yeah. it's just so different and varied now, but like. And it's definitely democratized totally. education. Yeah, definitely. In so a it's way. not just for rich people. Yeah. So I think. But I get why that is your insecurity. I think it's just like a me thing. And I just, you know, I don't actually have, honestly, I think it comes down to not having parents mm. that are there to like be like well done, you know? It's, yes. It's that probably, not having that positive reinforcement of like, oh, you're so good at this. Like no one ever said that I was good at anything. So even now I like. I tell you you're good at things all the time. Yeah, but. And, and actually like, every oh, time thanks. you go, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I say it if it wasn't true? I don't know, just to be nice. You know, the nah, lies that we me. tell you. That isn't you. That isn't you. I just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or I'll say it wasn't good. Yeah, and then I'm like, fuck, could you just lie a little bit sometimes? Like your embarrassing story wasn't. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, do you have any? I Mr. Confidence as a I have a lot, a actually, but my really? biggest would be Ooh. that I'm a shit mum. Kelly, that, that is fine. I let you have yours. Okay, but I'm just telling you right now. you need. But a- that's my biggest insecurity and that other people will think that I'm a shit mum. Why would they think that? Because it's what I'm most insecure about. Oh, why would they? I think that... It's funny. The thing is as well is that if I wanted to insult you, I would call you dumb because that would cut. Yeah. If it you would. wanted to it's funny that you what you are self-conscious about is where people will hurt you the hardest. So being on the internet, you get people saying things. I can take I don't care if someone says you're dumb because I don't think I'm dumb. You're ugly because I don't think I'm ugly. You're um not funny. I'm like I obviously am. I crack myself up all the time. <laughs> So because I have confidence in those things within myself, you couldn't hurt me at all by yeah. saying any of that. If someone said you're a shit mum, that would destroy me. Yeah. yeah. And I would hold on to it. And so that's the sort of thing that I always am just so insecure about. So do you not have confidence oh God, as no. a mum? No, I think I'm useless. Like What? I, I think that I'm good at some things and – but I do not – like I spend most of my life thinking that Lenny sort of like hit the jack, the opposite of the jackpot with me. The shit pot. The shit pot. The shit pot. Like the poor bloke. He's got not much hope because I'm not very good at it. And oh, I feel like I fuck him up a lot with different things. So I literally – I spend most of my life thinking that I'm not very good at it. And nothing that anyone can say of course, yeah. will change my mind yeah. about that because I think the older he gets, the m- like I don't think I'm as useless as well. Like when I was postpartum, I thought he'd be better off without me, but that's a much deeper, yeah. darker topic. But I don't. I know that he's 
only wants me and so obviously I am the best for him. So yeah. I'm getting better but like, yeah, it's my biggest insecurity. Can I say, as someone that had a very shit mother, very shit and yep, that's quite did a good all point. of the wrong things, wasn't present, manipulative, emotionally abusive, the list goes on. I can tell you that all your kid needs is love mm. and you have an abundance of that that you yep. give him daily. That is such a good point and I also really love, I, you know, a lot of people will say this, if you think that you're a shit mum, that makes you better than most. Totally. You actually give a shit. Yes. Right? That is such a good point. They, the Thank kid, you, they do not need all of this extra shit. They don't need it. At the end of the day, they need you to like be there for mm. them, love them unconditionally and support them in everything they do. The, the most, I think, I think the most well-rounded people that I meet have just got and it, it, one parent, two parents, doesn't matter the number, but just one, someone there mm. that loved them. Yeah, that's true. And that they had to kind of guide them through their life. That's what you are doing and will do. That's very true. Thank you, Kiris. <sighs> I should just do a seminar for all these bitches that think they're shit mums. I can show you. And even if you are shit, you could still be as good. You could as still raise a good kid like me. End up as good as kids. There you go. All right. So did you always want a child? Did your partner always want a child? Yes and yes. Oh. It took me a long time to get like ready enough. Yeah. Luke came from a huge family, so kids was always something that he wanted. I love how much, like I just love how much he wanted kids and loves kids. Loves and- kids, loves, you know, he'd have a very big family if he could, if I would pop them out for him. <laughs> um, uh, and I knew that I want, yeah, I I can't imagine. I, I I so respect people that don't want kids because I also think good on you for knowing. Yeah. The worst thing would be someone that doesn't want kids feeling like they should and then they end up with a kid that they didn't really want and that kid then grows up, you know. Yeah, fucked up from it. A hundred percent. It's the same thing as when someone says to me, like, I made the decision, I'm just having one kid and I'm like, good for you. Good for you, you know. You exactly. know. Like, you know your limits, limits. you know your boundaries, like, yeah. done. Or some, or someone that's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going tra- child free. I'm like, Good thank for you. you for just not feeling the pressure of society, exactly, or doing and something because everyone else is. I honestly think that that decision is even harder for people to not have kids. Totally, totally. because society tells women that they have to, and then oh, you just don't understand. Yeah, just you know, you'll you'll do it. N- no, there are so many people that regret having kids. Like when I look in parenting groups, mm. it's such a like when that post goes up. Does anyone here regret having children? Oh, when they have their public profile on and post it, and they don't even post it in anonymous. I know that we're not supposed to judge mums, but I think, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Your kid's gonna see that one day. Yeah, like, you can't be doing that. You don't post go that. Go on, go anon. Go anon. Your child, like it actually makes me really cranky because I understand that you are having feelings, but for you to write that publicly, yeah. knowing that things are on the internet forever, that wasn't a conversation that you just had privately with someone. Like, Yeah. And I think you have to just remember like how detrimental it is to the child even if you are present and, and love them, if you just didn't really want to have kids and you did, they're going to know that. They 100% kids will Kids are really intuitive. They just get that kind of yeah. stuff. I 
didn't actually want to have kids. Yeah, or get married. Or get married. But the thing was is that I had dated my ex for a decade. Like we kind of did long distance when I was in New York. I did not know that. And then we had one Was it off and on or? Um, It was like, I think maybe it was like four, four four-ish when I was in New York. I dated him from when I was like 18 to 28. Fuck. And so, then you met Charlie straight away. Yeah, I met Charlie straight away. And the reason why, because we had we had broken up for my last year in New York, and then I came back. And Maybe he, that's why. Yep. He had a girlfriend. Um, he swiftly dumped her, and we got back together. And then it was like, it was like it wasn't that I wanted a kid. It was just like I didn't want the option taken away from me. And he was like, I'm never going to have kids, and I Ooh, never want to get married. Yeah. And so I was, I was kind of like. Well, I don't want that taken away from me. And it's yeah. not really a decision that I'm Especially making. Especially when you're in your 20s. It's a- yeah. And so I was like, oh. Because everyone is allowed to change their mind as well. That's the thing. I feel like some people feel, oh, you know, they're on the record, especially public figures, like they were on the record of never wanting kids or whatever. If you do change your mind, that's okay. Totally. It's your life. Everyone's allowed to. And I think it's good if you change your mind later, like at the, you made the right decision for the time in your life not to do it then, mm. you know? Yeah. Anyway, but I moved to Sydney. He obviously lived in Brizzy and we were kind of just in that limbo thing. Like we weren't officially together, but you know, like we were still talking here and there. And if I'd go to Brizzy, I'd stay with him and still, you know, P and V and that kind of thing. But then when I met Charlie, it was like, I was kind of like, basically called him and said hey I've met someone that I really care about and I you know I think it's serious so I need to like kind of cut ties with you just to Mm. be respectful to that new relationship didn't go down well but then I got a phone call saying hey that was really bad I shouldn't have been so oh good which was really nice because I was kind of like well you can't half have me yeah you know and so when the funny thing is is when I started dating Charlie I was like I just want you to know like I don't I don't know if I want to have kids or get married. And he's like, oh, I think you will. I think you will with me. Because he'd known you for so long as well, though. Yeah, we'd always been kind of in the periphery. He already knew all my history about yeah. me. It wasn't like anything like that. And Maybe that's why he knew. Yeah. And it wasn't so, that he thought, oh, I'm going to change your mind. He just actually knew you better like, than I you think, knew you. Yeah. And so after a year, I was like, I think I might be ready now to get married and have a baby. And he was like, no. He's like, we, He's like, you're not 30. I'm not 30. Calm down. Let's just pump the brakes mm. here. So, yeah. Anyway, we've got so many questions left, but we've been really friendly. I know. It's because we haven't spoken in a month. And now I know. Like, but we can save these for a part two or we could do an Insta Live with them one day or something. So if we didn't answer your question, it's because it either deserved an entire episode so yes. stay tuned or we just we really just ran out of time we've been rambling for an hour and a half we're gonna have to cut it down a we're little bit sweaty. but we will definitely get to your question at some point we promise yeah definitely we will do a live or something so thanks so much for joining us today we hope you've loved this random chat remember to share the pod on your socials we just want it to go far and wide because we're so passionate about tapping into women out there or I should say parents out there who need some help. We will pop in all the details in the show notes and we'll be back in your ears next week. Yes, we will be because we're back from holidays. This episode was produced by myself, Keith Reese Searles, and Kelly McCarran with audio production by the lovely Claudia Coy. Bye. Bye. Bye.